Welcome to the Moonlight of Amuna Parsha Shlach. This week's learning should be as chos for full shleim for Chanamash Bas Vilcharatz Bas Rochel Shmuel Shazan Bechavchavam Mordechem Mordechem Ben Afir Michaim Ben Sara and Lishmas Heni Bas Chiel Mechol. So Parsha Shlach, we have the terrible story of the Miraglim of the spies that Moshe sent to Eretz Yisrael, and they came back with their negative report about Eretz Yisrael. And we know the the ultimate result of this, the consequences of this, we're still suffering from today. Ultimately, led to the destruction of the Beis Hamikdash, and uh, and we still we still feel. The, the reverberations of this terrible story that happened uh, 33, 3400 years ago, we still feel it. So we have to understand a little bit about what was going on with the Miraglim. What, what was it that they did? What was the mistake? Where was their error? And why is it ha- has it had such a long-lasting effect? So the Pasuk tells us in Parakut Gimel, Pasuk Lamed Beis, the Pasuk says, Vayetziu dibas ha'aretz asher They spread bad news about the about the land that they scouted, El B'nai Yisrael, to the Jewish people. Lamar saying, ha'aretz asher avarnuba, the land that we went through, that we passed through, Losor Oisai, to to uh, scout out, to, to spy out. Losor Oisai, Eretz Echelis Yezvehi. It's a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people that we saw, they were people of great, uh, great size. So this this term, Eretz Echelas Yeshveha. He, it's a land that devours its inhabitants. The Gemara in Saita talks about this. The Gemara says, Darash Rava, it's the Gemara in Saita, Daflamet Hay says, Darash Rava, Amar Kadosh Baruch Hu, Kadosh Baruch Hu said, Hashem said, Ani cheshavti al-Toiva. I planned this as something good. Vehein chashvul they saw it as something bad. I, I did something good for them. The Gemara goes on to explain, we'll do it in a second. But, but the bottom line is, Hashem is saying, I did something good for them, and they saw it as something bad. What was that? Ani cheshavti al-Toiva, I did it as a favor. The Chol Hecha Dematu, everywhere that they went, I did it so that there were always uh, there were always uh, funerals. Hashem created that important people always died wherever the spies arrived. Important people died, so that the Canaanim would be preoccupied with burials and mourning, and they wouldn't ask who these who these uh, spies are, who they were. I think Mar goes on to say maybe Eve died, but the idea is Hashem says that I uh, did this so that they, the, the, the locals would be distracted and not pay attention to the spies, so that the spies would be allowed, be able to travel freely throughout the country. And they came back and said, Eretz Achelos Yeshvehi. They, Heim Chashvulara, the Gemara ends off. They, somehow the spies saw this as a negative thing, and they said, oh, you see, this is a land that everybody's dying all the time. It's, it, it, they saw this as a negative thing. right? So, so Hashem says, I did something good, but they chose to see it as something bad. So we started, the Gemara gives us a little bit of an inkling into what, into what, the mistake of the, of the Miraglim. That they looked at something that Hashem did positive and they saw it as negative. And we have to understand a little bit further. Because there's a, there's a, uh, there's a Gemara in Sanhedrin. The Gemara in Sanhedrin, Daf Kuv Dalid, says, and also the Medrash in Eicha Rabbah says a very similar thing. It says, uh, if you look at Eicha, if you look at Megillus Eicha, that we read on Tishabav, so the second, third, and fourth Prochim of Eicha, you know, all the Prochim go, according to the Aleph base. They go in order of the Aleph base. The first Pasuk starts with an Aleph, then a base. But the second, third, and fourth Psukim invert the Ayin and the Pei. Right? We know in the Aleph base, Ayin comes before Pei. Ayin comes before Pei. But in those three Prokim, in Beis, Gimel, and Dalid, the Pei comes before the Ayin. And the Gemara notes this. The Medrash and the Gemara both note this. And they ask why. And they say, look, if you think about the, le- the letter Ayin, we, s- we call it an Ayin. But Ayin is also an I. And the letter Pei is also like a pe, a mouth. So the Gemara tells us, the Gemara in Sanhedrin says, Patsu Alecha PM, Amarava, 
on, on one of the Pesukim, Pesuk Perak Beis, Pesuk Tezayin, Amar Amar Rava Amar Rabbi Yechanan, Bishol Mahak Hikdem Pei Laayin. Why does the Why does the Megillus Echa put the letter Pei before the Ayin in three Prakim? Bishol Meraglim because of the Meraglim Shamru Befiya Mashlero Beinam because they said with their mouths what they didn't see with their eyes. In other words, they reported things that they didn't see, and they go and the. Uh, the 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 Medrash says the same thing. They said with their mouths what they didn't see with their eyes. What the Gemara and the Medrash are telling us is somehow what they reported was not accurate, was not what they saw. Now the problem with that Gemara and the, the Medrash is that the Miraglim did not lie. Nothing they said was false. The Miraglim gave gave a report. And many of the Mepharshim deal with what was really the mistake of the Miraglim. They were sent to report back what they saw, and they reported accurately. There's no accusation that the Miraglim made things up. They reported the facts that they saw, that people were of big size. That's true. That it was Eretz Achelas Yeshvel. It was true. There were a lot of people that were dying. Everything that they said was actually accurate. So what does the Gemara and the Medrash mean when it says that they, that they said what they didn't see? So Rabbi Nachman in Torah Samachay, Rabbi Nachman has a, a very fundamental principle that Rabbi Nachman explains. And he says that we know that everything that Hashem does is for the best. We know that every, every, every believing Jew understands everything Hashem does for the best. Yet we experience certain things as suffering, as pain, right? We see things as bad. So what is the what is the reason we see that is because we're not looking at things properly if we would look at the ultimate purpose of everything that happens to us if we could see the ultimate purpose we would recognize that everything that Hashem does is for the ultimate good right everything comes from Hashem even when a person it should never happen but a person goes through some kind of suffering or pain in his life it's all for his benefit it, there's there's a long-term plan it's to bring him to tshuva there's some there's some it's to it's to it's to get rid of his avarus it's to bring kapara for Zaveris, but the suffering itself is very good. We just have a problem, we just have a problem seeing it. Hashem's intention is for the good. We just have some trouble seeing that. Therefore, if we were able to look at, if we could see the full picture, if we could see the ultimate goal, if we could see Hashem's ultimate intent, so we wouldn't, the suffering wouldn't even cause us any pain. We'd be, fill, uh, we'd be filled with complete simcha about this because we'd realize how good it is for us. Right? We would, we would fully understand. The problem we have is that we don't see the good. We don't see, and therefore it feels like pain right now. But ultimately, if we saw the good, so I remember once hearing a, a, a mushal from Rav Avigdor Miller when I was a, when I was a kid in camp. I remember once hearing a mushal on a tape from Rav Avigdor Miller that if a person, imagine a person is going to the he he's invited tonight to the greatest party in the world. He's been looking forward to this party for months, for years. This is going to be they're going to have the greatest delicacies. They're going to have it's going to be the most amazing thing. And he wakes up that morning with a terrible toothache. He wakes up with a terrible toothache. He can't eat anything. He can't bite down. And he's, he's devastated because he's been looking forward to this party for so long, and now he's not going to be able to enjoy it. And he calls the dentist, and they're able to fit him in that morning for a, for a filling to, to fix the toothache. And while he's sitting in the dentist's chair, it hurts. The dentist is drilling his tooth. It hurts. But he's, 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 he's so happy. He's, he's full of simcha, even though he's feeling pain right now. While, while the drill is going into his tooth, it hurts. But he's so happy because he knows that this two minutes of pain is going to allow him to, ha- to enjoy this party that he's been waiting for so long. So that's really what you assume. The problem is that we don't, we don't realize that the party is coming. We don't realize, we don't see the benefit of, of, of the pain that we're, that we're experiencing right now. But if we saw that, like the person sitting in the dentist chair, we'd be, we'd be ecstatic. We'd be thank you, Hashem, for this pain. This is so. This is going to be so good for me. 
says Rabbi Nachman, this explains something in, uh, in, in human nature. In human nature, when a person goes through terrible pain, Rahman al-Islam shouldn't go through it, but a person does, right, uh, something, something really terrible, what does he do? He t- you tend to uh, shut your eyes very tightly, right? A person winces, he feels pain, he shuts his eyes very tightly. And he says that this makes, it, it, it makes a lot of sense. He goes, if you think about when we look at something, if you look at something right in front of you, your eyes are wide open. But if you want to look at something off in the distance where you can't really see with your natural eyesight, you squint. Now, it seems counterintuitive. Really, you would think the further away something is, the wider you should open your eyes. Yet, what do we do when, when we need to see something further away? We squint. When, when a person suffers pain, he does more than squint. He closes his eyes tightly. means he's trying to see even further away. Right? We see that the further you want to look, the, the, the more you close your eyes. If it's right in front of you, eyes are open. Further away, you squint. If a person suffers pain, he closes his eyes all the way. Why? Because he's trying to see even further. He's trying to see what you can't see with the natural eyes. He's trying to see the ultimate tachlis, the ultimate purpose, the ultimate goal. Hashem's ultimate good that he's intending with this. That's why Rabbi Nachman explains that when a person goes through pain, he closes his eyes so tightly. Not that he's trying to block something out. He's trying to see, he's trying to see the ultimate purpose. He's trying to see the furthest possible. He's trying to see the ultimate goal here, the, the ultimate good that Hashem is instilling in this pain that he's suffering right now. And even though we don't do this consciously, but our neshama understands this. Our neshama, therefore, triggers us to close our eyes. And this explains the mistake of the Miraglim. Yes, it's true that the Miraglim came back and they said everything, they described everything accurately. With their wide open eyes, they understood that, oh, there's some scary things going on. They reported people were dying. They reported that the people were very big, that the land looks like it's going to be impossible to conquer. But what they didn't do was to look with real eyes, with the eyes that Rabbi Nachman describes, with closed eyes, to look at the ultimate purpose. Why was Hashem making all these people die? For your benefit. What what are all these things in there to show that look so scary, that the fruits are so large. It's ultimately for your benefit. You're going to live in this country and you're going to have unbelievable fruits. You're going to, it's, everything's going to be amazing. They didn't close their eyes to look more deeply. That's what the Gemara and the Medrash mean when they say they spoke with their mouth what they didn't see with their eyes, meaning they spoke superficially. They just reported the initial thing that they saw, but they didn't look more deeply. They didn't look to the ultimate to the ultimate uh, idea. And that's what the Gemara and Saita was telling us, that Hashem says, I did it for good. And all you did was report the superficial thing that you saw. You didn't look more deeply into why I was doing this. You didn't look to the deeper benefits of Eretz Yisrael and how Eretz Yisrael would ultimately be so great for the Jewish people. And that's why, that's why, just to tie this to another idea from the Eish Kodesh, in the Pasuk, in, in Parak Yud Gimel Pasuk Lamed, when Kalev gets up to refute the Miraglim, Kalev seems to not really be arguing with them. The Miraglim made cer- said certain facts, and what's Kalev's response? says in the Pasuk, Vayas Kalev Kalev quieted the people, people, El Moshe before Moshe, Vayoymer, Olay Nala, let us go up, Vyershena Oysen, we'll inherit the land, Kiyochel Nuchala, because we're able to overcome it. How is Kalev's response a response to, to the Miraglim? The Miraglim is saying, the people are dropping dead, the, the, the land is, 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 is uh, unconquerable. 
Kalev's response should have been strategically. No, this is how we can take it. Yet uh, Kalev doesn't really argue. He doesn't respond to the points of the of the Miraglim. He just says, no, don't worry, we can do it. The Miraglim are making good points, valid points. The people are very big. People are dying. What does Kalev mean to say, no, 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 we can do it? So the Eish says, and I think it goes very well with what we just described in Rabbi Nachman. The Eish explains that people make a mistake when they daven, right? A person has emuna, has betachan, and he has some trouble. Let's say he has he, he needs parnasa. So he davens to Hashem to please give him parnasa. But he do, what he does is he looks for natural ways that he could see this being solved. So he davens to Hashem, he says, look, Hashem, I need parnasa. Please let me get this job. Please let me close this deal. And that will give me parnasa. He looks for natural ways that, that, uh, that, that Hashem could give him what he wants. And he sort of gives Hashem ideas how you could fix this to me. F- fix this for me. But when he doesn't see a, a natural solution, he sort of gives up. His, his amuna get, is, is tested. Right? A person sees, I have no, there's no way I'm out of this. I have such debt, I can't see a way out of this. Or somebody's sick and the doctors are giving up, there's no way out of this. So, he, so he, 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 his amuna gets tested. He doesn't feel that amuna. And I used to say this, Rav Azulai used to write this in the Parsha sheet that I used to uh, translate, that when we daven, we make the mistake of giving Hashem eitzes, giving Hashem ideas. Hashem doesn't need our ideas. Hashem has a million ways of giving us what we need, an infinite no- number of ways of giving us what we need that we can never even think of. Our job is to tell Hashem what we need, what's bothering us, what we need, and let Hashem, Hashem will figure out the solution. By us giving Hashem eitzes, we're ruining it because we're showing that our betachen, our amuna, is limited. Oh, only if I see a natural solution. So then I ask Hashem to help that natural solution come about. But real amuna betachen says, Hashem, I don't know how this. I don't know how to fix this. It's not my problem. I do, I just know that this is what I need. I leave it to you, Hashem. I know that you love me. I know that you're taking care of me. You bring me my parnasa. However, I don't know how. It's not my. It's not my. That's not my concern. This is what Kali was answering the Miraglim. It's true what the Miraglim said. By nature, by natural means, I don't know how we're going to conquer this land. They're giants. People are dying. I, I don't know. But I know that all of that is for our good. I know that there's some reason. I don't know if Avkaliv knew the reason that all those people were dying so that they wouldn't be, they wouldn't be uh, discovered. But Kaliv knew that whatever the reason these people were dying, it was for our benefit. Hashem told us to go to the land. Hashem wants us in Eretz Yisrael. It's going to be good. And all these things were for our benefit. And therefore, what's Kaliv's response to the Miraglim? Not, oh, don't worry, we can't overcome them. I don't know how we can overcome them. You're right. Naturally, it looks like they're insurmountable. But I believe in Hashem, and we have to work on our Muna, that, it's, that Hashem is greater than nature. And even if nature says that there's no way through, we can go up and we can conquer it. right? Without, without having to figure out a, a strategy, without having to know exactly how it's going to happen. Kalev saying, but with Aramuna and Betochen will conquer the land. We are, all we have to do is work on Aramuna and Betochen to know that Hashem is going to take us into the land and Hashem is going to conquer the land for us, and then it will happen. That was what that was what Kalev's response was, and that was the mistake of the Miraglim. The Miraglim were looking very superficially with very within the within the confines of nature, and they got stuck in that. That's what Rabbi Nachman teaches us. What 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 the Miraglim's mistake was that they didn't close their eyes. They looked with open eyes, but they should have closed their eyes to see deeper to see what's the ultimate plan, what does Hashem want here, and how we can rely on Hashem, and Hashem will take care of us, and make sure that we win. So in all of, in our lives, this is such a tremendous lesson from the Miraglim, that we, very often, when we daven, we have to remember, that it's not our job to tell Hashem how to fix what's wrong with, with, with us. Our job is to talk to Hashem. Hashem wants to op- uh, us to open up to Him, to discuss what our problems are, and then to leave it to Hashem to figure out how it's going to be solved. Again, not to, we always have to mention here, not that, a, that, uh, that, that alleviates a person of 
his obligation for Ishtadlis, but to know that it's in Hashem's hands, and there are millions of ways that Hashem could bring our Yeshuas, our salvations, that we never even thought of. So we don't have to give Hashem Eitzas. We don't have to. We have to, Our job is to look at a situation, close our eyes tightly, to, to remember, even if we can't see what the ultimate good is, is in this situation, but to know that there is an ultimate good here, and that Hashem does everything for the best, and then we ask Hashem to alleviate our suffering and to bring us to see that ultimate good, so that we should appreciate it, and we should be able to live our lives only relying on Hashem. Have a beautiful, wonderful Shabbos.